uh, <laughs> all of my help comes from the Lord. It's, it's kind of fitting for what we're going to talk about next couple of weeks, um, flowing in the gifts. And, um, you know, we've talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about the gifts of administration, gift of government, the helps gifts, and all the different gifts. But, um, again, the Lord is really, really, uh, really, <laughs> really, really downloading some um, uh, information I never heard. It made me late this morning at the gym. I was so busy you know, getting information from God um, that I just never really saw before. Um, so we're going to set the foundation today. I know we have a lot of people out of town and watching online. But I think this, if you, if you set your hearts, I think Natalie was praying and she was talking about, you know, not only receiving the word, but focusing in on it. So please, please, whatever you do, focus in on it. You know, uh, the answers to the mysteries um, will be answered because um, uh, God was showing me this thing. All right, so, so we're going to talk about flowing in the gifts. And because we're talking about the gifts, in some cultures you, you might hear uh, you've been around it, charismatic movement, right? Charismatic. Uh, so this is, this is, call it a movement. It's not, it's not really a movement. It's Bible. So it's, uh, it's uh, charisma or charismata is a Greek word. It means spiritual gifts. It's an extraordinary ability that is bestowed upon a human being by the infinite strength and power of the Holy Spirit, right? It's an Extraordinary, and, and then this will be on video, so you'll have it. You know, the people online can see it. That don't mean go. That don't mean don't come next week, so you can see it online. But it's an extraordinary ability that is bestowed upon a human being by the infinite strength and power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we were, as we were going through Master Life, it's so interesting. Master Life has been talking about the body of Christ and the different gifts, but uh, ABT Willis says in Master Life. Uh, there are gifts of grace. There's gifts based on the love. They're called gift of, gifts of grace because they're based on the love of the giver, not the merit of the one who receives them. That's why they're gifts, right? Right? So it's based on the love of the giver. Now, the interesting thing is we all have these uh, gifts. On uh, certain cultures, you hear a lot, you know, well, the gifts are for them, or, you know, you're a minister, the gifts are for you, or the pastor, the gifts are for you, or for the special people. But the Scripture says that we're all special, right? Amen. Right? Amen. You know, peculiar people, Amen. special people. But let's look at here in Romans 12. Romans 12. Some of this will be familiar for the people that are in the Master Life Discipleship class. Um, because we're talking about one body and the different members in the body. And survival kit, you know that scripture, right? Different members in one body. You survival kit people. Uh, so Romans 12, and we're going to lock in here for right now. We'll, we'll lock in on verse 6. I hope you guys are going to love this like I love, like the Lord's been teaching me a whole lot here. Um, so verse 6, it says, having then gifts differing, differing according to the grace that is given to us, right? Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the pro, uh, pro, proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry 
or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth uh, with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, right? So, so it's saying that we have so many different types of gifts in the appropriate time that they're being demanded upon, just use it in that particular time, right? But we have these different gifts. Now, let's go over here to 1 Corinthians 12. We'll probably dance around back and forth to 1 Corinthians 12. As, you know, if you read through 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, but it also talks about the other levels of gifts in the body, administration, um, uh, well, um, yeah, uh, governmental, talks about helps. Helps is it's a gift to serve. You know that, right? Everybody doesn't. Or is not, uh, doesn't serve well. As 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I would not have you ignorant. So here the scripture is saying that these, these gifts are not something that we would blow off, right? This is something that God doesn't want us ignorant about. Because if you're ignorant, you won't care for things the right way. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, so if you have a gift and you don't, and you recognize it, it should create a, a sense of urgency and value where what I do with the gift, now I prepare myself to make sure the gift is going to uh, seamlessly come out and it's not corrupted by anything. You see what I'm saying? But if, I, if I'm ignorant to the gifts, I could have a gift, like I could have the gift of discernment, but I can be exposing myself to of the world, and now it can, it can not only dilute the gift, it can corrupt the gift, and it can tank the gift. You know, you're, you're around a lot of people that you say, I sign about that person seems gifted, but man, they flaky. See, that, that's a person that's ignorant to the fact that gifts need to be handled with care, right? Gifts need to be handled with care. You know, some of us throughout our lives, these gifts have, have snuck out. Remember, Jesus was in the temple. He was teaching. And they was like, what you doing? He says, man, don't you know I'm out my father's business? Well, that Messiah came out. You know, it just kind of slipped out. But the scripture says after that, he was obedient until his parents. You know what that was? That was, I have to stay under tutors and governors to prepare myself for, for what I'm supposed to do. God put me in a position to learn some things is not my time yet. Remember, his mom was like, hey, 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 you need to do this. Hey, hey, it's not my time yet. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, so there, there, there's a, there's a uh, to everything, there's a season, there's a time for every purpose, right? Ecclesiastes 3.1, right? And so, so, so we, we don't want to be ignorant. So, so now when we talk about these gifts, the spiritual gifts uh, that we're talking about today um, it's when you're born again spiritually. That's when you pick up the spiritual gifts, right? They differ, they differ from talents. Talents is what you get when you're born physically, right? Spiritual gifts is when you're born again, right? And so, so, so that's why the Scripture says you must be born again, right? There's Nicodemus and Jesus was talking, John 3, 3 through 6, Right? He says, you know, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. So born of the water is when we're born and we take on talents. Born of the spirit is when we're submerged in the spirit and we take on the gifts, spiritual gifts, right? And so that's why, look, look, but, but the interesting thing is Jesus said you must be born again. 
So because what he's saying is you're here for a purpose, and it wasn't just so you'll be birthed here. I have something that I've assigned for you to do here, but you're not going to be able to do it without the Holy Spirit and the gifts. So you must be born again. You must submerge yourself in the things of God. Now, again, sometimes we can cheat ourselves because talents have shine to them. You know, talents have accolades to them. Talents have props to them. But talents don't have fulfillment attached to them. Right? So, so, so again, and as we talked about the other week in Master Life, we're supposed to offer our talents to God and let the gifts use the talents. Right? Offer ourselves to God and let the gifts use the talents, right? But the world will endorse you, highlight you, magnify you just on talents because, because the devil doesn't want you crossing over into the gifts. He can stop you talented. He can take you on a high and crash your low. But he can't stop you when you're flowing in the gifts, right? So he doesn't want that. You could be talented. He just doesn't want you gifted. And see, and this is the thing about talents, believers and non-believers possess talents. Only sons of God possess the gifts of the Spirit, right? Sons and daughters of God, right? Talents, uh, they're not bad. They inspire and they entertain. But this is the thing. Gifts build up the church. Gifts build up God's kingdom, right? And, And why would God send us here not to build up his kingdom? God didn't send us here just to be inspirational entertain. You know, people say, well, you know, I, I don't listen to gospel. I just listen to inspirational music. Yeah, that don't stir up the gifts, though. <laughs> that don't disturb the Don't get mad. It, just, it doesn't. I'm just being, being honest with you. Don't, you know, don't take my music. <laughs> All right. Okay, you can keep your music if you don't want the gifts. Ooh. You see how you see how the, the atmosphere changed on that one? You can keep your music if you don't want the gifts, right? And if you want you don't want the gifts, you don't want to fulfill God's purpose. See another shift there in the atmosphere. You see, see, see things kind of shake. Man, you done came up with something I can't get around, right? So so the interesting thing is both talents and gifts are given by God. Um and again, but the, the talent should be developed to be used by the gifts to serve God's kingdom. The talent should be developed to be used by the gifts to serve God's kingdom. And so God, God set up this, this design for us when he fearfully and wonderfully made us, but he didn't just send us here without what we needed, right? So let's go here to James chapter 1, right? James chapter 1. Again, we're talking about flowing in the gifts. We're going to be talking about this for the next couple of weeks. And whoo, this is just the foundation. Next week, when you start to see what you ain't been seeing, you're going to jump for joy. You're going to jump for joy. Because you know, like, it's a, it could be challenging, depressing, and frustrating when you don't know something. You know, like when it's a mystery. You know, even if you're driving in a fog, it could be challenging. You don't want to accelerate because you can't see. When the fog clears, you accelerate because you see better, right? The scripture says, you know, like we're looking through a glass darkly. So, so, so let's, be all, let's be honest. A lot of us are doing things, but we don't have peace, right? <laughs> right? So, so a lot of us are doing things, we don't have peace. But when that peace comes, 
It, it shifts things a little bit. And you, you know how I, was, how I use me. I was about to say, you, you, you may relate. So, so I remember when I was pursuing basketball. I was pursuing basketball, and again, that's a talent, right? And so I got, I, I mastered it to a point where I got real good. I was, I was on the late train, so I was, I, I was good after, you know, the high school star and stuff like that. But I really got good where I can go anywhere and play. And so now I'm, on, now I'm in this politic world of basketball, and, and I'm growing in God. The timing was I started to get serious about God at the same time. And so I remember making a statement. Now, God, if you want to take basketball away from me, it's, it, hey, I just, you know, because you, you learn the scriptures, you know, uh, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Well, I, it's, you can have it, Lord. You can have it. Now, that's what I said with my mouth. But deep down in my heart, I was like, no, there's no way possible God don't want me to hoop. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here balling. You know, I'm out here, you know, I'm out having some fun, right? But there was still another piece on the inside was pulling on me like, you're not doing God's will. But, but, but I overrode that. And, how I, and what I used to justify it was success, opportunity. Right? Or, or, or potential for opportunity. Because you know how you meet, so I meet the agent, and the agent is lining up all these opportunities. So, so I, you know, somebody, the agent says, hey, you can play for somebody. Right? So, so, so for me, that's my conversation. The possibility, the potential of maybe what would happen. But the whole time, what was, what was purpose and calling was tapping me the whole time. Not just purpose and calling, but the preparation for purpose and calling. Because I was trying to get around. I remember when I first heard about schooling, I was like, well, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the Word already. <laughs> you know, and, and then I finally went, I went to, I went, now I, I was ordained, I was working for the church, and the pastor said, just for the discipline, I think I want you guys to go to school. You know, I tell me twice. I signed up, went to school. And I was in there, and I was like, wow, you know, there was so much that I didn't know. Right? See, so, so your overconfidence is, is, is a dangerous thing for every one of us in the room. Because as soon as you get to the point where you're overconfident, you're confident in yourself, there's something you're not going to receive because you don't think you need it. There's something you're going to dismiss. We'll get into this next week. There's, you will read the Word and you'll dismiss certain things under the guise of, that's a little bit too deep. But if you thought you need it, you going down that road. Right, okay, so, so I don't want to skip into next week. Let me stay focused here so we can set this foundation. So James 1.17, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift, uh, we're going to be revisiting this word perfect here in the next couple of weeks a lot, but complete matured gift. So you have a good gift and every perfect gift, complete and matured gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It's almost like the gift and the calling of God is without repentance. You know, uh, this is Romans 11.29, right? So that means I, when I gave it to you, I wasn't sleep, I wasn't drunk, I wasn't, you know, confused, I wasn't distracted. No, 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 I gave you the gift, I was intentional. I fearfully and wonderfully not only designed you, but put the gift in you 
with a specific intention in mind. Because when I do stuff, I'm God. I consider the height, depth, length, and the width, the whole picture. I consider today, yesterday, and tomorrow. I consider the circumstances, the hurdles. I consider your fears. I consider your confusion. I consider your temptations. I've considered the whole picture. I am not surprised in what I gave you, what I purposed for you, what I put in you, and why I purposed you to do it. I am not surprised. You got to catch up. I'm already there. That's God. Right? And so, so, so this, this, this gift is intentional. So when we go, ah, well, yeah, that's for them. Well, no, I just want to do this. Really? It's God's gift. Don't hide God's gift, his light under a bushel, right? Put it on a hill, let it shine, right? All right, so, so, so again, we have these gifts, and obviously sometimes we are selective in whether or not we're going to use it, and sometimes we're not aware of it, or sometimes we're second-guessing it. But this is one of the reasons. Let's go to Proverbs 23. Again, we're talking about flowing in the gifts, flowing in the gifts. We're going to set the foundation, and then by the time we get to next week, we'll really be flowing in some things, right? Flow to you. (laughs) I love that song, boy. Let all my worship. (laughs) Don't sing. All right, just stay out of it. it. All right, so Proverbs 23, 7, it says... uh, uh, that's not what I'm looking for. I apologize. You have the wrong scripture there uh, or watching online. I'm looking for Proverbs 4. My bad. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Is that scripture? But that's not the scripture we're looking for. We're looking for Proverbs 4. Yeah, looking for Proverbs 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, verse 23. My apologies. All right, the King James Version says this. It says, guard thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. There's another version that says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life, right? For out of it flows the issues of life. Okay, why? Now, now the interesting thing, so you have gifts, but, but let's say you have these gifts and you have the gift giver, and you have the gift giver placing a demand on the gifts to manifest in the earth realm. But in the middle of the gift giver uh, uh, having access to the gifts is something called your heart. And let's say if your heart is hard, he might not get to the gifts. Let's say if your heart is tainted, it may dilute the gifts. Let's say if your heart is clouded, you might not. You're asking me for it? I don't have no gift. What are you talking about? No, I'm not gifted. Listen, why are you bothering me? I'm not gifted, right? Because you're so clouded, you don't realize God doesn't ask questions about a gift that he didn't give you, right? We're talking the almighty, the omniscient one, the omnipotent one, right? Right, and so, so, so here you have this heart and he tells us ahead of time, guard it with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Out of it flows the gifts. So you got to really protect the heart. That's why you just can't open yourself up to the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. See, the, the, the adversary understands I can't stop them, but maybe I can corrupt them. Maybe I can cloud them. Maybe I can taint them. 
Maybe I can get them offended. Maybe I can get them in unforgiveness. Maybe I can get them in fear. Anything I, I can to, to affect that heart because I, out of it flows the issues of life. And I don't need no gifts flowing out of them the right way. Right? I don't need no gifts. So this heart is where God communicates to us and we communicate to him. What, what does God communicate to us and what do we communicate to him? The issues of life. <laughs> right? The issues of life. It's where we are indwelled with Christ's character through the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Right? I might have forgot faith. All right? So, so these uh, uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Right? It's where the indwelling takes place. Because what happens, the Spirit comes into our life. We talked about this in the Understand the Holy Spirit class. And we talked about in the New Birth class, when, the, when we accept Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in, right? And he regenerates our spirit. So he comes in and penetrates that, that housing called a heart and regenerates our spirit, right? And he makes us alive. He indwells in us. Right? That's the first stage. But then the goal is not to just be indwelled, it's to be filled. Right? The goal is to, to, to create an outpouring of the Spirit, right? And so, so, it's where we're in, so it's where we're indwelled with the fruits, of the fruits of the Spirit, but the heart is also where we are infilled with the gifts of the Spirit. Right? So that's why we have to guard our heart. Out of it, what? Flows the issues of life. That character comes out of there, the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts comes out of it. Come, come, come out of here. You know, it starts with the indwelling and it infills us and the gifts start to flow through us, right? And so you have to realize God has given us everything we need here to operate in, in uh, authority and power and to live a fulfilling life, to live a life of peace. First Timothy, let's go there real quick. Setting a little stage here. First Timothy. see, where are you? All right, verse, uh, 1 Timothy 6, 17, right? And it says this. It says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Now, again, uh, of course, we focus on uh, the Scripture talks about riches and wealth, you know, physical, but you're rich even if you're operating in the gifts. See, because people are tempted when they operate in the gifts to be high-minded also, to be overconfident, right? It says to be not high-minded. It says, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Now, this, this is what I want us to focus on. Who, who, giveth us, who giveth us richly what? All things to enjoy. So God has given us everything that we need, right? He's placed them in us. Right? When he fearfully and wonderfully made us. The challenge is they're not always easily accessed. Especially if you allow things to harden, cloud, corrupt, or pollute your heart. Right? Right? That's why you can't dwell. That's what Scripture says, forget the things that are behind you and press towards the mark of the prize. Now, God is, in his infinite wisdom, he did this before we can make choices. Because we would have, nah, 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 nah. You know, some, you know how some of us, nah, it's too much. Too much. I don't need that. You know, some of us go, well, no, I don't want the responsibility for that, man. Why are you going to give me that? You gave him this. See, see, before we got into uh, this 
we're shaping an inequity in this world of sin because of uh, eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Before we got to be able to reason, he gave us what we needed. What was best for us, what was best for our families, what was best for the people we encounter, what was best for the kingdom. He put it in us before we can make choice. Here's Jeremiah 1, 5. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Some of y'all know the scripture already. It says, uh, it says, now the word of the Lord. Now, this is the key, and we're going to be talking about this throughout this teaching. The key is God's now speaking. Remember, that's what we, we, ex- we, we exchange. God speaks to us. We communicate to God. It says, now the word of the Lord came to me. Right? The word of the Lord came to me. So this is how they operated in the Old Testament. Things were operating just a little bit different because it's an evolving process. It's evolving from old to new. Now, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I was intimate with you. Right? And approved you as my chosen instrument. So here you already approved as my chosen instruments before you can make a choice. It says, and before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet unto the nations. Right, so this is before choice. The approval was before choice. What happens is we, we start to corrupt ourselves and get disapproved, right? <laughs> right? And so, so here, this ordained a prophet to the nations. Now, the prophet to the nations is so interesting because out of all the scriptures, he could have said, I ordained you a pastor. I could have ordained you an evangelist. I ordained you a teacher. I ordained you a health person. I ordained you government. But he said a prophet, and he started with this because there's most of what we operate in this life hinges on the prophetic proclamation or the prophetic voice of God. Things communicated from God to us. And so the interesting thing is, like, you know, back, back in the Old Testament, they had prophets and seers for a reason, or seers, prophets was called seers. Well, what are they seeing? They're seeing what God wants to do. They're seeing the perfect will of God, which we'll talk a lot about next week. Right? We talked a little bit about it here earlier in Master Life, right? And so... They see the perfect will of God. And so prophets and seers were designed to reveal to man the perfect will of God. Why you're here, why you were given these gifts, and ultimately how you're going to maximize in fulfillment. So the stress is out, you're outside of God's perfect will. The confusion, you're outside of God's perfect will. Constantly going through the roller coaster ride, you're outside of God's perfect will. Right? And an interesting thing is, what could be more important? I used to tell, when I worked in corrections, I'd tell the youth, I said, listen, man, God designed us. If you're so frustrated, get with the designer. What else could, could, could possibly fulfill you more than what you're designed to do? You know, they say certain people, if you're, you're in the, uh, the environment in which you were raised, you eat that food and it just does something for your body, you know, because it was where you were you know, you're eating from where you were planted in a way, you know, right? It's the interesting thing is doing what God planted you on this earth to do. That's where the ultimate fulfillment is. You can get success outside of that. But how many of us have gone through these highs and lows? You know, we're, oh, my God, this is wonderful. Oh, my heavens. Well, just I just talked to you the other day. It seemed like everything was, good. It was just rosy, right? Because there's something in our, in, in, in this world that's clouding our minds from the perfect will of God. There's something in this, in, in, in born in sin and shaping iniquity, 
where we actually, uh, I, I don't know if I want to call it override, but we actually uh, excuse the perfect will of God as optional. Like it comes across as optional. Uh, hey, that's the perfect will of God, man. That's deep, man. Perfect will, man. That's deep. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, really, I got to get it together so I can do it. And another five, six years go by. But I guarantee you, it was a million dollars sitting on that chair, and I said, hey, just go get the million dollars. Man, a million dollars, man, that's deep. A million dollars, man, I got to get to that. Is that how it's going to work? No, you're going to run over there and grab that million dollars, ain't you? Yeah, well, well, well this, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violence take it by force. The violent take it by force. We should be running after God's perfect will as violently as the adversary is trying to keep us from it. But, but sometimes we're casual. He's talking about, you know, you know, I'm a basketball guy. I watch some games. And it was like, okay, this team looks like they want to win. This team casual. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they're on the court. Like, we got time. We got time. It's two minutes left in the game. <laughs> Where the other team, they started the game like it was two minutes left in the game. And the same thing, the perfect will of God, we should be operating like it's two minutes left in the game. Right? I got to maximize it, maximize it as soon as I'm aware of it, right? right. I, so, so, so the interesting thing about this, okay, let's, let's look at Romans 12. Romans 12. Again, we're talking about flowing in the gifts, but the gifts aren't just like um, ornaments or watches or accessories that we have. They're, they're not... Um, uh, ID bracelets. We'll give you God. We'll give you God. We'll give you God. Get out of here. You got that gift? I got that gift too. Man, or like people used to do back in the day with zodiac signs. No, no, no. The gifts, as the recognition of the gifts is to, recon, is to recognize the purpose for them. Without fulfilling a purpose for a gift, the gift has no value. It's just something that you can go around telling people, I got the gifts. It's like being on the team but never playing. <laughs> Boy, that's not pretty. I've been on some teams and didn't play in the early years. All right, so Romans 2. Romans 12, 2. I'm sorry, Romans 12, 2. And, and we read the scripture, but let's, 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 let's see how it lines up. Well, what he's talking about. Remember, we're guarding his heart and we're protecting our heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. And Romans 12, 2 says, uh, it says, well, well, let's read Romans 12, 1 since we're here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Look, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So I'm presenting my body to be, so God can use it for what he purposes to do. And he can, you know, and so, so, so God has, has, we're God's tools. And God has things he wants to do in the earth realm, so he's going to grab the gifts to use in the given time. But if our heart is hard, right, or if we're not in position, imagine you, you know, um, you guys, you work contracting, and so you, you have your, your tool shed, and you have everything in a certain place. But imagine you go there, and the tools are not there, but they left on their own. They just got to move. Or when you go to reach for them, they shift to another place. And you're chasing around your tool shit. Come back here, hammer. You come back here, 
right? Well, that's how God, we got God doing with us, chasing us around. We're the tools God wants to use, but we, <laughs> you almost got me, God. You almost got me. No, I'm not being used today, brother. <laughs> right? That's how we're operating when we should be in place and in position to be available, you know, present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Let's look at verse 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world, because that will corrupt you and cloud you even more, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, what, 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 okay, let me just keep going. That you may what? Prove what is the good and acceptable and what? Perfect will of God. And perfect will of God. And see, so, so, see, so I'm not conforming, I'm transforming, so I can prove what is the perfect will of God. Everything in our life is hinged on the perfect will of God. He sends us the gifts so we can see the perfect will of God for our life. When people operate in the gifts, that girl at the well, when Jesus was talking to her and he was operating in the word of knowledge, that word of knowledge was produced to say exactly what she needed to hear to go, hold on a second. Hey, y'all need to come see a man. Y'all, hey, this Jesus, come here. He told me everything that was in my life. It wasn't about uh, Jesus, you know, going around as, you know, some type of a, a mind reader or nothing. It was customized for a purpose because that young lady was not in the perfect will of God sleeping with all those husbands. And the goal was to get her in the perfect will of God. See, we excuse the perfect will of God. Well, you know, hey, yeah, hey, I'm positive. It's not about being positive. It's about being in the perfect will of God. That's what it's about. It's not about I'm doing better than I did before. It's about being in the perfect will of God. That's why the gifts are in operating. That's why we flow in the gifts, right? See, the Holy Spirit, when we start operating the gifts, he's revealing the hindsight training and intel we received before we was in our mother's womb. See, remember, Jesus said, I knew you before you was in the mother's womb. That word knew is to be intimate with. So that what he's saying is, before you came in this earth realm, you were trained to be prepared for the earth realm. And you were told when you came in the earth realm, watch out, you're going to be born in sin, shaping in iniquity, you're going to be a little clouded, but whatever you do, you must be born again. When you get born again, this is the intel before we got here, it's going to either of you understand it will be enlightened, you'll start to see clear. Now, stay under tutors and governors until the point of time of when I want to use your gifts. So stay under your training. And so when we start to get around the kingdom of God, and you ever get around somebody and, and, and something happens on the inside of you? Yeah. Like Mary and Elizabeth. Remember when Elizabeth comes to the house and, 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 uh, and, and John started leaping. He was like, oh, whoa, kingdom blood in the house. Right? Something just started leaping on the inside of him. Right? And so this is what happens to us. It's we, that, that hindsight training start to kick in. You'll find, you ever start doing stuff and it seemed like you know what to do, but you were never trained what to do? Or at least you thought you were never trained. Yeah. But see, it was, it, you, you're tapping into what God has designed you to do already. You know, you, you'll find yourself being put in positions and you're like, okay, I don't know how I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. Right? I was talking to a, a, a gentleman we baptized he said it was 83? I think he said it was 83, but he came to visit Wednesday. He, he, uh, he wrote this Bible. Uh, again, I haven't read through the Bible, so, so I can't endorse something I haven't read. But it's something he said that stood out for me. He said, uh, he says, man, 
God just started downloading me what to do. I just, I just, the Bible's like this thick. It's probably the thickest Bible I've ever seen in my life. He said he just downloaded it into me, so I just start writing the Bible. He said, I got, you know, he stays in, in, he got a nice little place in, I think, Great Falls or whatever, South Carolina. He said, I just start, I just start pouring it out. And so the thing is like, and this is the thing. In our life, God tells us stuff, we get a piece, and we, we, we're tempted to second guess it. But what second guess it? wasn't God. It wasn't, it wasn't that gifting. That was our own understanding. Yeah, you, you ever like know what you're supposed to do, second guess it, do what you, the second guess, and realize you should have did the first thing that came to you? You, you? you ever happened to you? Well, I know it's happened, you know. Right? So, 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 but God is hoping that we get to a place where we don't have to keep second guessing. We can kind of flow in the gifts, right? We can flow in the gifts. We'll get into some of that later. So the gifts were intended. See, 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 we think the gifts are just for certain people, the special people, which we are special. We talked about that. But the gifts was intended to be for just the chosen. They were intended for all God's children, right? You know, that's why the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. So as soon as God said, he moved on creation. That would be including us, right? First, that's Genesis 1, 1 through 3. And so let's look here, 1 Corinthians 12, because it's not just for the chosen here. We need to understand, because if we don't understand, see, again, if you don't think you're gifted, you won't be looking for the gift. If, as we were talking about in Master Life, if you don't discover the gift, you're not going to prepare to use it, right? You'll take it for granted, which will frustrate God. Like, so you ever, you ever, uh, Give somebody a gift or, you know, y'all probably deal with this with children. You give somebody a gift and they don't take care of it. Or they don't care nothing about it. Like, you know, kind of like, man, I really invested in this. You, you know, I thought you would, you know, at least appreciate it, right? And um, so imagine what God has given us and we're not using it. I mean... I mean, can you see God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit sitting there going, are we serious right now? Like, this is happening in Eris Christmas in the church, and I got this gift, that gift, this gift, that gift, that gift. Why are these people? Get up, get up. You can do it. You can sing. Come, come on. You can sing. What? Really? We're not doing that now? I gave you the gift. You're sitting on it? You know, uh, ah, well, no, they already got singers. That's how we're doing it? They're, they're, they're more administrative than I am. <laughs> you know, Minister Lamar, he knows more scriptures than me. That's how we're doing it? See, that's why the scripture says, dare not to compare yourself with yourself and others. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Dare. The reason why he said it is because your gift is for how God wants to use you has nothing to do with what everybody else is doing. I talked myself out of some teens because I was like, well, it looks like they got everybody. Yeah, they had everybody but the other person they needed, the other piece, me. <laughs> I cost them something, second-guessing myself, right? And a lot of times we're costing the kingdom, second-guessing ourselves. I don't understand why, 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 why they don't do that at the church. Uh, probably because we're waiting on your gift. We'll start doing it when we get your gift. 
The fact that you have a, a burning desire or, or something that's irritating you, it's probably because you're supposed to remove the irritation from the church with your gift. The assumption is everybody sees what you see. But God set the man in the body as it pleases him. All right, so 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says this. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to, what does it say there? Every man to profit with them. Didn't say some. It says every man. You drop down to verse 11. It says, but all these worketh the one in self-same Spirit, dividing to what? Every man severally as he will. Right? It's not little special gifts for little special people, right? Right, so, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11 breaks down those gifts. It says, for to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. And we're not talking about demons and things like that. We're talking about discerning people's spirits, Right to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, right? But, 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 but all these worketh the, that one and self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. So we're the body of Christ. He gives di- us various gifts so we can work together and we're all dependent on one another, Amen. right? He set it up that way. So everybody may not have the same gift. Now, we all should have the fruit of the spirit. Just clear that up you know, love, joy, peace, and all that. But everybody may have operating different gifts, but don't get it twisted. We all have gifts, right? And see, even Adam and Eve, they began with them, but sin clouded them, you know. You know, Adam named the animals through the discerning of spirits. See, we, hey, Adam named the animal, and it looks just like that. No, Adam discerned what that animal was supposed to be and named, picked it up in the spirit and called him exactly what he's supposed to be called because there was no corruption. There was no corruption. There was hardness, hard hearts wasn't an option, right? He was in the presence of God all the time. So he's operating, you know, which we'll get into here in the upcoming weeks, as a speaking spirit, right? He's not, not as a speaking flesh, Right? We'll get into it, you know, uh, down the road here. Right? See, what happens is they ate of the tree and forgot how to discern from within. See, when they ate of the tree, all they could see is what, what in the natural. Before they ate of the tree, they could see heaven and earth. Remember, they was in the presence of God. Right? And, and they, they were living on earth as it is in heaven. Remember, because in the beginning, God created heaven and earth at the same time. Genesis 1.1. In Genesis 2, 1, God was finished with the heavens and the earth, heavens and conjunction and the earth and all the host of them, right? So they were operating in heaven and earth at the same time. Now, we pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6, 10, but they were rolling like that. Then they ate of the tree. They walked out of the heaven realm into the natural realm. So all they saw was the, which, what we could see with our naturalized circumstances, Right? And they lost the ability to discern the spirit realm or from within. They, 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 so, so that's why, you know, they started to cover themselves. See, see, they didn't even look at 
They didn't assess their bodies and their features and stuff like that. They were in the presence of God. What could be more important than the download they were receiving from God? Who cares how they looked? So that's, that's, it's just almost like God shows up, he walks through the door, and I'm like, and God's walking through the door, and I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. So I'm focused on me, and God's here. If God shows up, do you think I care what kind of suit I got on? You, you think I care if I got a pimple? If my lip too big? Who cares? God's here. And then I'm going to take my eyes off of God to look in the mirror to make sure my lip ain't too big today. I'm going to check and see if I got stains on my teeth. No, I'm in the presence of God. I'm getting, you, see, this is the interesting thing. Sabrina, you know what's happening? I'm actually constantly in God's presence. God's downloading something. It's, it's, it's quenching my thirst. You know what's quenching my thirst? God's downloading his perfect will for my life. It's quenching my thirst. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God that's communicating his perfect will. See, so when we lose sight of the word, time with God, being in his presence, that's why we get confused, frustrated. Second, I think I was doing this, so I, was, I might do this. So I, was, I should do this. You think you should do that? Well, I was going to do this, but I don't know. I don't want to do that and then miss out on this. But then I was thinking about doing this over there. But if I'm in God's presence... I'm thinking the only thing, not everything. See, I'm rolling. I have momentum because God tells me something, I do it. God tells me something, I do it. God tells me something, I do it. To everyone else, it looks like foolishness. But God's taking the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God's perfect will looks like foolishness to man because he can't discern them. They're spiritually discerned. And when we're in sin, we're trying to fleshly process something that has to be spiritually discerned. We can't see God's perfect will in the flesh. We see a facsimile of it. And we spend our days eating, eating up the flesh thinking it's helping us. You feel good and losing your sight, your ability to see God's perfect will. And as much as it may feel good, the crash and burn is coming. That's not a, a, a negative, negative confession. Everybody here is smart. It makes sense. God's perfect will. I'm clouded. Like, if I'm clouded with the world, the adversary is going to make sure I see clearly to God's perfect will? No, he knows God's perfect will will destroy the, the, the works of the kingdom. Remember, Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the kingdom. And how did he do it? Not my will, but the will of the Father. Not my will, but the will of the Father. Not my will, but the will of the Father. He destroyed Satan by being obedient to God's perfect will. He just did his job. Not trying to be like everybody. Hey, man, hey, hey, we'll make king. That's not what I'm here for. Hey, we'll do this. That's not what I'm here for. Listen, man, Satan tried to tempt him. Listen, I'll give you all the kingdoms. Bruh, that's not what I'm here for. Why are you trying to tempt me out of God's perfect will for my life? trying to give me something to make me feel good at the expense of fulfillment and doing God's perfect will, I'm not the one. Nice try. That's what's breaking down our health. Now, it's, you know, it's hereditary. You know, the diabetes is hereditary. Is the diabetes hereditary or being outside God's perfect will hereditary? 
Let's, let's trace it back there. We don't look that far, do we? Because <laughs> guarantee, if you're in God's perfect will, listen, do you think God ain't going to make sure you're healthy? See, all that compromise, you know, just like the sugar tastes good, but you know it eats you up from the inside, right? You know, you know, you know sugar is not your friend. Processed sugar. You know that, right? <laughs> I'll be saying that just to see how people respond. Like, Listen, buy, buy that plenty of sugar today. And hot dogs, hamburgers, and everything else, which converts into sugar because hot dogs is processed food. But anyway, we're not here for a health lesson. I just thought I <laughs> just thought I, you know, just slipped some things in there, you know. You ain't know that either, did you? Yeah, okay, all right. All that crap uh, processes in the sugar. All right, but anyway, let's, let's, let's keep going here. <laughs> See, so, so, uh, all right, so, so, when Adam and Eve ate of that tree, what they did was dangerous, and what we're paying for now is it, they thrust us into the scene realm. See, 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 we just didn't live in the scene realm. We, the, scene, the scene realm was like kind of where we were at, but we lived in the spirit realm, right? But once they, they, they ate of the knowledge of good, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, once they were disobedient, it thrust us in the scene realm. But the scripture tells us, don't look on the things that you see for the temporal. Look on the things that you can't see for the eternal. See, because the things that if you, if you see, the things that I can't see, the things that I haven't discovered, the things that I haven't, haven't been revealed to me yet, God's perfect will, right? Look on the things that you can't see, God's perfect will to the things that are eternal that will last. So don't look on the things that you see that's causing a confusion. Right? That's causing the doubt. That's causing the fears. That's causing the pain. That's causing the unforgiveness. Right? That's causing the guilt. Don't look on the things that you see, for they're temporary. Subject to change is what temporary means. Right? Amen. Look on the things that you can't see for the eternal. You've heard this over our life. Only things you do for Christ will last. Why? Anything in God's perfect will, it's, 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 it's incorruptible is what the scripture calls it. Right? It says, don't store up riches on the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. That's Matthew 6, right? Store up treasures in heaven. See, in the unseen realm, store up positions and connections to God's perfect will coming down from heaven on earth, right? That's what you want to do because that stuff is going to last. It's going to sustain. If something from heaven, all spiritual blessings, heavenly places, comes in our life, perfect will of God, gives us direction, and we're obedient to it, man, that thing is unstoppable. It confuses everybody else. Though. I don't understand how this is happening. How are you doing that? That, that doesn't make logical sense. You cheat. I told a family member, I, this is our first house. Um, it's our third house? So our first house. And I was telling, I was walking a family member through. I said, well, listen, somebody gave us that carpet. Somebody gave us that kitchenette. Uh, somebody gave us the, the, no, we got the couch set on a discount deal, right? You know, we, so we probably got a third of the cost. So, so I'm walking them through. Oh, that whole stereo system, this guy called me up and says, man, you've been such a blessing in my life. What I love the most is my music. I'm going to give you my system here. Put together this whole system. Brought it to my house. So, so as I'm telling a family member this, this is the response. So you remember this if you're watching. I ain't say your name. Only me and you know. It was just a one-on-one conversation. He's like, so was it hot? <laughs> so everything that was given to us, 
the first thought was, oh, it's hot. Somebody stole it. And, 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 you know, again, I'm from that culture, but I wasn't thinking like that. I was like, I was like, oh, really? Are we doing this right now? So it can't just be the blessings of God. Then, uh, then our second house, we was in our second house. And so if you come from certain cultures, the cost of living is different, right? So the cost of living is much higher in New Jersey than it was Ohio. So this person comes to the house and it was like, oh, so walked into the house and they was like, oh, my God, you stealing from the people. I was like, huh? I said, let me ask you something. How much you make? I said, you make more money than me. I said, how much is your rent in your one-bedroom apartment? It was more than my mortgage, right? I said, and then I, I normally didn't tell people this. I would just say, God bless us. I went through the entire house. I said, these laptops, I didn't pay for none of them. One person, a pastor, sent me one from Virginia. Somebody sent me this one from here. I said, this over here, somebody sent me. This over here, somebody gave me. This over here, I just kept walking through the house, the things that God had gave me. But I said, if you just walked into the house, you'd be like, this is what she, you stealing from the people. I was like, still, still from what people? I'm barely getting paid. I mean, I mean for like eight years, I never made more than 35000 as a minister. Like, it was just, but, but see, that don't make, it's how you stand in the 2,700-square-foot house then. See, 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 because we were operating in the perfect will of God. We had offers, job offers, business offers. So one guy sat me down, you've been such a blessing to me, man. Let me tell you how this business, this is phenomenal. And I just want to give it to you. I said, that's not what God told me to do. Everything he told me I could do. That's not what God told me to do. I had to stay in the perfect will of God. As people were starting churches, we were in youth ministry together. You remember, this person started the church, right? You can't even... Can't even get the person on the phone now, you know, they, you know, they pastor now, right? Right? But I can't just run out and start a church because that's not the perfect will of God for me. And person was person had pastor started a church, it was 11 years before we came out here. And this person had a church. Look, that make you, if you calculate it, you're probably figuring it's you. It's cool, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't a perfect will for me. And so, even, you know, this, as we've been growing the church, you got, you got all types of churches right here. I'm not going to say no names. Some churches have been around for 30 years. Some of you went to church has been around for 30 years. I don't understand why y'all don't do that. First of all, we're not 30 years old. Second of all, that's not what God told us to do. That's not the perfect will of God for heirs, Christians, in the church. All the stuff that's happening to heirs, Christians, in the church is because we're in God's perfect will. I'm not changing. We ain't changing that. See, it's all about being in God's perfect will. That's the key, right? And so we, we can't always explain. She was talking to somebody the other day. She's like, baby, when I start telling the story, I feel like something wrong with it. It don't even sound right to me. <laughs> it don't even make sense. I feel like I got to add something to make it, make, like, make, so it can be logical. Then I don't want to share certain things because it's like, oh, this is a little bit too much. But this is the key, sweetheart. It's the perfect will of God. That's the difference. That's what our goal is. I don't understand why they're doing that. Okay, now you do. We want to be in the perfect will of God. 
Not the perfect will. Listen, everybody here says has great ideas. I don't disagree. And we use a lot of them, right? But keep this in mind. Everybody don't have the same idea. If we did what everybody's idea was, we would be a church called Confusion Christ, uh, Christian Center. It'd be Confusion Christian Center Church. Every time I go there, they're doing something different, man. I don't think they know what they want to do. I'm trying to find out how to fit, but they got so many different things going on, man. It's crazy over there, man. It's that these people out there mind. No, 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 no. We got, listen, we're going to use everybody's gifts as they submit them to God because if, if God sent you here, he sent you here for his perfect will at Harris Christian Church. And see, so that's why we, we're trying to embrace, like, God's word. And we're trying to embrace the gifts because the gifts, that's all they do. They reveal the perfect will of God. Whatever, whatever it is, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, perfect will of God, faith, working of miracles. It's all about revealing the perfect will of God. Oh, you, you'll find out in the next couple of weeks. See, the seam realm is limited to we can, what we can naturally see, ask, or think. That's why the seam realm is not our friend. The unseen realm is our true home, our place of power where we are sons and daughters of God, endowed with God's gift. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to manifest the gifts within. He's just, he's just, hey, we need to use the gifts. You have choice. You can accept or reject. He's not going to force you to use the gifts God gave you for this earth realm. He's going to put you in position. Hopefully, it will stir up the gifts. We try to do that. You know, a person, um, I'm not going to say what it was. A person had a talent. said, let's put them in this position. They realized it's for God. Didn't take. <laughs> but we didn't force them. We didn't get mad at them. They had choice. But ultimately, that's, that's what our holdup is. That's why Scripture says they be planted in a house or flourish in the courts. Planted. Not, not freelanced all over the place, right? See, the, the Bible says, my, my spirit, God said, my spirit won't always strive with men. See, the Holy Spirit was sent to encourage us to get into God's will. But God said, there's a window for that, right? There's a window for that, right? Where the Holy Spirit is not always, listen, do what you want to do. Remember Romans? Uh, now, that was Genesis when that statement was made, Genesis 6.3. Remember in Romans, it says, he turned them over to a reprobate mind. What kind of God would turn them over to a reprobate mind? A God giving them their choices. They didn't want to do God's will. They wouldn't retain God in their knowledge, is what the Scripture says, Romans chapter 1. They started doing things unseemly, right? That's what it says. I didn't make this up. Read Romans 1 for yourself. He says, so he turned them, he said, He's like they, they converted the truth of God into a lie. They converted the perfect will of God into man's will, which is going on right here now. We, we react to man's will, fight for man's will, protest for man's will, but we don't see the same effort for the perfect will of God. We'll alienate our, fr our, friends, our, our family and friends as long as it's a dominant flow in this culture. But we don't do that for the perfect will of God. 
You see that shift right there? You know, I, I do have the gift of discerning of spirits. So I could <laughs> yeah, I just picked up what you're thinking. All right, so, so, <laughs> so we must maximize this dispensation we're in. We're in a, a dispensation where gifts are in operate, you know, where it's not just selected prophets. Like, we can yield to the Spirit, be born again, and receive the gifts. So we have to maximize this dispensation we're in. Uh, this is a dispensation where God is pouring out a Spirit on all flesh. So we got to maximize that. Acts 2.17, right? Which is a play on Joel chapter 2, right? We said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on, on all flesh. It's for special people. He said all flesh. Right? As many as received him, gave him, gave them, he gave them power to become sons of God, sons and daughters of God, right? That John 1 12. Right? And so 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 we can, that's why we're not free. Because we 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 stuck in the middle. Instead of us being smack dab in the middle of God's will, man, I I, I should have found that song. Remember Rosetta's song? The young lady went to our uh, former church, she uh recorded the album, and one of the songs was smack dab in the middle of God's will. I missed that song, <laughs> if you're watching Rosetta, right? Well, so, so we, we're, we're stuck in the middle of uh, the world and the perfect will of God. The perfect will of the world, the perfect will of God. That's called carnal-minded. Romans 8, that's called carnal-minded. That's why we're frustrated. That's why we're depressed. And that's why sometimes we're uh, somewhat confused. And this is the thing. So uh, I'm going to end here. But I heard this from Lester Summerall. When the Spirit of God is poured on us, we experience the infilling of the Spirit of God. Along with, the, along with it, the gifts flow automatically. So we embrace the infilling of the Spirit. The point, the, 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 not just the indwelling and new birth, but the infilling of the Spirit, the gifts start flowing out automatically. You don't have to conjure up anything because you're filled with the fullness of God, Ephesians 3.19. You're filled with overflowing. And you're not going to get filled jumping in and out of the spout. If God's pouring and you, you drink a little, leave, drink a little, leave, drink. No, you don't get filled up like that. It don't work like that. <laughs> you got you to... Gotta, the scripture says, be being filled, right? It says, stay filled up. So you got to stay drinking of the Spirit, right? You can't just uh, selectively drink of the Spirit and expect to be filled. And so, just, so you're wondering why, because there's something knocking at the door on the inside of you trying to come out. But it can't come out because it's just like uh, that seed that was planted in the soil, but no one watered the ground. You know, it's, it's knocking, but it can't come out because that ground is so hard, it won't allow it to pierce through. That's why they marinate the ground. That's why, you know, which I haven't been doing the whole summer, that's why we're supposed to water the grass. <laughs> My grass was beautiful last year during COVID because I watered it all the time, <laughs> right? But that's why we have to water that ground. And the Bible says the word is the water. 
So we water ourselves with the word. We saturate our hearts in a place where those gifts in us can pour out of us, right? And they can flow, right? So we got to get to a place where we're now embracing the flow. So, so you got to, now, remember I told you, this six months, remember we talked about the six months, and we said we're gonna be, there's going to be different things that we're going to hit. You know, someone's going to be stretching, some will be challenging, some will be encouraging, but they'll all be truth, right? So, so, so we're not babying nobody. But if we're serious, you should come out of the six months flowing in the gifts, right? Right? You talked about full circle, right? Yeah, you should be able to operate. You know, again, you know, I was working on it yesterday just to, to for the different um, assignments in preparation for ordination, right? And just, just and, and, you know, because I, I used to do a training track at the last church. And the people that embraced every stage, it's uncomfortable sometimes. You know, some people don't want to work with the children. No, no, that's not my, you know, see, you know, I'm called to pulpit ministry. Let's go in there and work with the kids. <laughs> because, again, you develop a level of compassion for everybody. Well, I don't work with the youth. I don't, I don't hey, listen. Youth is not my thing. You know, I'm more like the little kids. Yeah, uh, go on and work with the youth. Because you start to learn discernment. You know what I'm See, because youth, youth can't help it. They be front. And sometimes they front, but sometimes they're not front. Sometimes they don't know how to express themselves, so the outside don't look like the inside. So if you don't operate in discernment, you can misread them. Right? So go on, go on, Mr. Minister. Go on over there with the youth. Get <laughs> right, right. So every assignment, no, no, no. Say I don't do hospitals. Well, then you don't do ministry. Ministry is not at our convenience. So as we go through the process, you know, you don't have to disqualify nobody. People disqualify themselves. Like man, I ain't knowing that. Well, it'll be a blank on the box by that assignment. And a blank means you haven't completed the process. If you had to complete the process, then you're not completing God's will for your preparation for you to operate in the gifts. So, again, you'll just keep being stagnant. Some people are already in process, which is in my letter to, in our letter to everybody. Some people are already in process because they've been embracing the process. But some people have been freelancing for so long, trying to get around, trying to get past, slip, dead. Everything but being under tutors and governors to the appointed time of the Father so they can be equipped as heirs for the kingdom of God to do his perfect will. Right, that's all. We can stand on our feet. We'll, we'll continue flowing in the gifts next week so we can flow, follow that peace. And discern exactly what we need to do, right? We ain't want to be no guessing. Then. Oh, no, this is definitely where I'm supposed to be. It's just like, like interesting enough, we, uh, Pastor Mel is sitting at the gym. God says, now listen, you ain't even hearing God. If you, if you, if you don't clear out the cobwebs, God said, get up and go to the, this church here. With no for sale sign in, in the grass. She gets up and comes to the church. Now, okay, so now, now I want y'all to use your imagination. There was a crowd of people coming out of here, right? Crowd of people, none of them look like her. What would some of y'all have done? God told you to come. Crowd of people coming out there having some type of festivity. 
I guarantee you something, I'm like, ah, I'll come back another time. No, she walks up to the first person and says, do you know the pastor? And guess what? I am the pastor. That was God operating there. Then she says, was they selling the church? He said, yeah, but we already have somebody we're selling it to. That's why there's no for sale sign in the grass. Well, some of us would have done. Okay, thanks anyway. She says, well, can I see the church? No, he, oh, he, he says, do you want, he invited you in? Well, it, it, the conversation. All right, just let me just, just <laughs> let, let me crystallize it without the details, okay? But, but, well, next time you have a conversation with everybody, you can tell them the details. <laughs> All right, just, just for the sake of time, can I just crystallize it today? She says, she said, I'll be giving people the cleft notes. Yeah, instead of the details. Like his, his cleft note is, we found the building, we got the building. Because <laughs> she was talking to a pastor's wife. She was talking to a pastor's wife this week, right? And, she, and so when she told her the story, she says, babe, I thought you said you told him the story. I said, well, I did. I told the husband the story. She says, well, she, it was all new to her. I said, well, I probably didn't get into all the details, you know. None. <laughs> all, right, all right, that's enough for you. You had your part in the sermon, okay? You stay over there now. <laughs> but anyway, so she, she comes, and, and the guy shows her a building. Now, I'm going to skip some of that story, too. Uh, but she knew this was our building. But then, and the guy says, well, okay, if, uh, if uh, the guy don't come up with the finances, you guys will be next in line. I'm a man of my word. She says, oh, no, 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 no. That ain't it. I ought to call my husband. He, 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 he's gonna, he's the key. He got to confirm it. He got to seal the deal. I walked in here. I was like, oh, this is our building. Like, like I knew we have been traveling. I mean, we've been some, y'all, y'all remember we was at Kings, what, Kings Mountain? Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all was here, right? <laughs> Probably was sitting there discerning like, they're going to come all the way down here. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming to Bible study on Wednesday. Right? Y'all better go live. <laughs> you know, I was before COVID, right? So Kings Mountain, you know, there's places in Concord that I didn't know existed. Concord is pretty big. Not just where y'all live. There's some places, like, I was like, babe, are we ever going to get where we're going? It was like driving, it, was, it took us probably like an hour and 15, maybe 20 minutes, right? But no, we weren't supposed to be there. Nice building, but we weren't supposed to be there. We, I came in here, immediately, this is where we're supposed to be. Right, so, because it's the perfect will of God. You see what I'm saying? That, that, that's what I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, coming to Charlotte with $1,625 and just me and my wife. Never lived in Charlotte in my life. I mean, Karen was here, but took her, what, about three years to come to the church. So, <laughs> so it wasn't because Karen was going to be like, you know, an original, uh, <laughs> you know, Karen was trying to clear the cobwebs to hear the perfect will of God. <laughs> but, but my whole... But she, but she, Karen would drive in the parking lot and pray. You told the testimony in front of everybody. She would be like, she would just, because she would, and then if it wasn't a lot of cars out, she would be praying hard like, I just want the church to do well. Like, ain't no cars out there. <laughs> right? But the whole point is, is we came here, had never lived here before. Because it was the perfect will of God. I had people scared for us. Like, look, look, everybody knows you out here. Uh, you, you, can, you can start a, min, a ministry with hundreds out here. You already have all these relationships. But God's perfect will was this family. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, I have no regrets. I have no regrets of, of, of how God's doing it. She has no regrets. Our, our pace, our growth, how we're doing things, because we're all supposed to be together. We're supposed to grow. Z said it today about full circle. And you said it today. I've been thinking about you the whole time I'm thinking about next week. But, but you, you, when we first came to the church, Trina says, yeah, so, you know, I just, I just want, like, the presence of God to, to move, you know. And, and so, remember, I had the conversation with you. I said, well, it's not just, like, me and Pastor Mel come up here and we teach something in the presence of God's move. There's an agreement. Remember, I told you there's a harmony, which you probably see through all the discipleship classes now and the information, right? And then you talked about full circle, just getting to a place where growing as a disciple and realizing things way back from when you had to get the children's Bible, right? Yeah. Right? And so, so if you think about it, if you skip all that, just to rush to have people, we're not a family. You know, we're just, we're just popular and confused and not together. But we're actually a family, right? Don't I get on your nerves sometimes. You can say it. Come on, come on. Amen. amen. Why you say amen? See, that's the problem with people like you. You need to grow up. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Right? No, no, too late now. Too late now. We had a position for you. You ain't getting it. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but in reality, that's, that's, you understand what I'm saying? It's what you'll see. That's why I said it. Please embrace this teaching. Go back and listen to it again so you can be ready for next week. Right? Like, if we get it, it's full circle. It's why we were going through everything we were going through in our lives, not just since we've been at heirs, in our lives. We'll have the answer and thrust into the next level. Remember, what's the vision? You go full circle, and after full circle, it's the next level, right? Right? Does that make sense? All right, let's pray. Well, Father God, we lift you up, magnify, exalt you. Just thank and praise you, Lord, for just loving us enough to reveal to us either prophetically uh, through unction, through insight, through wisdom, through teaching, through preaching, through singing, dancing, Lord, just making sure we, we're, we hear your word, which is your perfect will for our lives so we can walk in your peace, your power, your presence, and prosper to impact other people to walk in your peace, power, and presence. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so let's, pr uh, let's pray. Anybody need prayer for anything? First of all, this doesn't work unless you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, those here or online. Remember I told you earlier, you must be born again, right? Because we can't operate in the gifts. We can't see the perfect will of God if we're not born again. And then some of us have, have kind of came around Jesus under maybe we could have been pushed into it, we could have been rushed into it, it could have been because family was doing it, but it never really was a revelation that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, so we backslid, right? So the Bible says you confess your sin, you agree that you sin, God is faithful to forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness because God needs you moving closer and closer to his perfect will. So if you need to rededicate yourself, or, uh, we want to pray for you also. And I just told you, uh, about the infilling, baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? That's where the gifts operate. The infilling, the indwelling is where we operate in the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. That's the indwelling. 
the infilling where we're with the evidences speaking in an unknown tongue, which we'll talk about. We'll break it down so to be clear, so we can understand the purpose of it is communicating God's perfect will without your understanding getting in the way. But we'll get into that in the upcoming weeks. But that infilling is how you start to, now, now the gifts can flow without your understanding getting in the way. They can freely flow, right? So that's why we always emphasize being baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? The evidence is speaking in an unknown tongue. We're not talking about the gift of tongues. We're talking about unknown tongues, and I'll explain both of those in upcoming weeks also, right? Right? And then uh, be planted. Finding a place where you can plant. Be, they that planted in a house flourish in the courts. It's real simple. You know, you have to stay planted to flourish. Those roots have to get deep enough so you can flourish, right? And, and so some of us haven't planted ourselves. And, and so we have to shift and adjust to do God's will. That's why, and God, every time God's speaking is important, right? You know, you guys are around a lot, right? So it's not like, oh, Sunday's message, that's important. Wednesday, eh. No, God's speaking Wednesday. God's speaking God talk, girl talk, or whatever. But when we're casual with what God has to say. Now, if God sends you to church, you're trusting that the man and woman of God, the people of God that's speaking are yielding to God so God can speak his perfect will. It's not, Keith, it's, it's not Keith's opinion. When it's my opinion, I tell you. It's God's, if you, hey, if you can't study it, I'm not teaching it. Real simple. And if you can't find where to study it, I'll show you. It's, don't take, first time we met was the first thing I said. Don't take my word for it. It's in the book. Right? The perfect will of God. Now, some of the things that are keeping you from being consistent in God, is it in the book? 